Good day, friends. Welcome to the Daily Bread Scripture readings from uh, the devotional uh, Daily Lectionary. Uh, I'm Ray Kozek, the pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, and so glad you've stepped in for a minute. Uh, today is uh, Friday, March 31st, and uh, it's a beautiful rainy day here in the snow globe. It's not snowing here in Clarence Center. Uh, so we can tell Good Friday, that best of all days where Yes, we mourn, but we also celebrate what Christ has done. And today, we're in the midst of reading Mark chapter 15, the death of Jesus. A quick reflection before we begin. This is from the hymn, O Darkest Woe. Um, it's hymn 448 in the Lutheran service book. It says this, O sorrow, dread, our God is dead upon the cross extended. There his love enlivened us as his life was ended. Whew, deep words. We say as uh, Christians who believe the Bible that our God died, it seems absurd to say that, but it's, it's true. Um, Christ was fully man and fully God, and he gave his life on the cross for us. So today, uh, we're going to read um, from Mark chapter 15. Let's pray. Oh Lord, open your word to us that we might see Jesus and that his redemption is for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's dig in and read this um, deep and somber and beautiful passage, story of, of the death of Jesus. It goes like this. And when the sixth hour had come, which is around three in the afternoon, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. I just heard this listening to a, uh, a, a guy giving some history, a historian's perspective on Holy Week. And he just read the story of a guy, you know, uh, hundreds of miles away, but that in the same general area in the Mediterranean, who named the years differently, of course. Uh, at that time, they didn't name it uh, 33 AD, but uh, he told how there was darkness over the whole land for, for about three hours in April of the year 33 AD. Again, using different, different words for the years, but amazing that uh, he said they could even see the stars in the middle of the day. And this was much more prolonged than just a solar eclipse and it, we, there couldn't have been a solar eclipse at this time because uh, it's Passover, there's, it's a new moon. Uh, anyways, there's darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Verse 34, at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we know this is from Psalm 22 and more than likely Jesus is praying the whole psalm. He inspired the psalm, if we believe he is who he is. He, he gave it to David uh, to, to prophesy about his crucifixion. Um, he describes in that psalm, which is amazing if you read it, he describes crucifixion hundreds of years before it is invented. And um, just another note that Jesus is crying out with a loud voice. Here he's, he's likely about to die soon from asphyxiation. This is how you die when you're crucified. So to be loud as crucified takes superhuman force. Verse, verse 35. And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. We know from the other Gospels, this is a, a loud cry I think of victory, right, mixed with agony. He drinks the cup, to use a metaphor from chapter 14 of Mark, he drinks the cup of God's wrath. He drinks it to 
the last drop. And at that moment, he, John tells us, he cries out, it is finished. That's a cry of victory. All right. Verse 38 is astounding. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This death of Jesus rips the curtain in the sanctuary in two. Now, now what does this mean? There was the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, that only the high priest would go on once a year to make atonement for his sins and the sins of the people. And other than that, even the priests were in this, this outer holy place. And here, there's, the, there's, a te- there's a curtain that they think is probably about 18 inches thick. It's just layer upon layer upon layer of fabric. And on the outside of the fabric, you see, uh, you see pictures of stars and, and the moon and sun. Of, you know, of course, Jews would not make things that would be idolatrous, but uh, pictures of the heavens to, uh, to kind of remind them that inside of here is the presence of God himself, he who brings heaven to us. And so when Jesus died, this, this temple curtain that's a foot and a half thick just rips in half to show us that the separation that we have between us and God is, is done away with by the death of Jesus. Verse 39, And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. Now I just want to share, uh, I just want to share two kind of crazy thoughts that I got from a guy named uh, Dr. Veltz who has written a lot of things about, he's, stu- he's devoted his life to study this gospel, the gospel of Mark. He loves it, he, he's great at Greek, and uh, he's, he studies you know, uh, many languages. And he says that this, uh, the way that he breathed his last, that Mark emphasizes here that almost he breathes out the Holy Spirit. Um, and I don't know, that's kind of an interesting way to think about it. But also, what, what's very clear, whether or not you agree with Dr. Veltzer, but what's really clear is that uh, that this centurion gets it because of the way he saw Jesus die. He saw Jesus on the cross and somehow is given faith. Maybe it's the receiving of the Holy Spirit here. He says of Jesus what no one else in this whole gospel gets, right? Who he really is. Uh, from chapter one, we know, you know, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So we know as we hear this gospel who Jesus is, but no one gets it. Peter gets the cloak, you know, the, the demons get it, right? Uh, the unclean spirits, but no person really gets it. Peter comes the closest when he says, you are the Christ. Mark doesn't tell us the whole picture. You are the Christ, the son of the living God, as Matthew tells us, Matthew 16. So, so here, this is the moment when who he is, 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 is revealed uh, most fully. He is the son of God. And uh, who, who is he as the Son of God? Who is God for us? He is God who dies for us. It's just astounding. So, um, yeah, I don't know if, what you think about that, but I think it's just a beautiful picture of the death of our Lord who dies for us. All right, uh, verse 40. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, the younger and of Joseph and Salome. If you get all the Marys mixed up, uh, don't worry, you're, you're in the majority if you've paid attention and read the New Testament. These Marys are confusing. There's, there's five or six different Marys. A very common name, of course, named after Moses' sister, Miriam, which at one point meant, you know, bitter, 
Um, but I believe, you know, and uh, our Lord's own mother, that that name is reversed. It's now sweet. All right, verse 41. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Now we have the burial of Jesus. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. So it's interesting to note just a couple of things. that this is, uh, These Jews are very pious, as Jesus was, and they wanted to keep the Sabbath, this day of rest, and so they didn't want Jesus' body to be hanging on the cross because they, they could not take it down on the Sabbath. They could not touch his body on the Sabbath. Interesting to note, you know, we, we think of the, the council that um, condemned Jesus, the Jewish council, as a whole bunch of bad guys. But we know that you know, that's thinking too black and white. There's a lot of gray there uh, as you read it. Here, one man is definitely... Uh, looking for the kingdom of God, this Joseph of Arimathea. What a, what a, what a cool man, how he, uh, how he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. He wasn't afraid to bear the reproach of, of honoring Jesus. We know from uh, the Gospel of John that Nicodemus was another man that also helped him, another man who was on the council. So not everyone on the council was in favor of condemning Jesus. Verse 44, Pilate was surprised that he, to hear that he should have already died. Some say that Jesus died of heartache. Yeah, I don't know, that's, that's an interesting thought. Why was it so soon that he died? Well, so that he could be buried um, and not hang on the cross over the, over the Sabbath. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen cloth, in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. John tells us that this tomb was in the vicinity of, of this area of crucifixion. Uh, and the traditional burial site is about 50 yards away from the traditional site of, of, uh, of Golgotha. So not far away. And it says, he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he laid. Now this is where, uh, this is where we, we end. Uh, this is the end of the story of the rabbi. Um, this amazing uh, teacher who's done so many miracles, who had claimed to bring the kingdom of God. It's at hand, right? He said, um, but it didn't seem to come. That's where we end this gospel. Except not really. We know uh, there's one preacher who says today's Friday, but Sunday's a coming. All right. So I just want you can zone out now, but I just want to share something from one of our confessional writings, like the the book of Concord. The book of Concord is is the Lutheran way to approach the scriptures, and so they have a lot of great ways of bringing the gospel to us. So you can totally zone out, but this is from the solid declaration of the formula of Concord, like the generation after Luther, when the Lutherans were trying to get together and say, what do we actually agree? Let's, let's all agree. Let's study the scriptures and agree together so we're not all a bunch of little factions. And this is what they wrote about what it means to be justified. And this has everything to do with Jesus's death here. So thanks for bearing with me here. But it says this, faith justifies because it lays hold of 
and accepts Christ's merit in the promise of the Holy Gospel. The righteousness that is credited to faith or to the believer out of pure grace is, and here's the point, is Christ's obedience, suffering, and resurrection, since he has made satisfaction for us to the law and paid for our sins. Christ is not man alone, but God and man in one undivided person. Therefore, he was hardly subject to the law because he is the Lord of the law, just as he didn't have to suffer and die for his own sake. For this reason then, his obedience, not only in his suffering and dying, but also because he was, un because he was voluntarily made under the law in our place and fulfilled the law by this obedience, is credited to us for righteousness. So because of this complete obedience which he rendered to his heavenly Father for us, by doing and suffering and in living and dying, God forgives our sins. And he regards us as godly and righteous, and he eternally saves us. This righteousness is brought to us by the Holy Spirit through the gospel and in the sacraments. It's applied, taken, and received through faith. Therefore, believers have reconciliation with God, forgiveness of sins, God's grace, sonship, and are heirs of eternal life. Man, that is good. There's so much good there. Uh, Christ obeyed the law for us. He suffered for us. He brings this forgiveness of the cross to us uh, through the gospel, uh, through, um, through the sacraments. So anyway, good stuff. Thanks for sticking in, and I uh, hope you all have a, a blessed day. Um, talk to you later. Bye.